0: george have you got a cup of tea
1: i have got my cup of tea ready and raring to go
0: (laughs) i have uh i've microwaved my slippers
1: you microwave your slippers i don't even know how you do that
0: yeah i've got a special pair of slippers that you put in the microwave
1: excellent i'm gonna have to get myself a pair of those
0: (laughs) um hello everyone welcome to archers and tea
1: welcome i'm george
0: i'm charlie if you've not listened to this before we're two very good friends who love listening to The Archers and then talking to each other about it. But during these strange times, um, we can't meet up for our usual cup of tea. So we are chatting online instead. And we thought we'd reach out to anyone else who loves The Archers. who might be feeling a little lonely and they can tune into our chats, grab a cup of tea, maybe a biscuit and listen to us witter on.
1: Absolutely. So sit back and relax and let's talk about this week's Archers.
0: Yeah. Lovely. So, George, what happened at the end of, la- like, what, where did we leave off at the end of last week?
1: Where did we leave off? Well, could, because we had this first sort of funny short week, didn't we? So we didn't finish. Mm. We finished on a Thursday rather than a Friday. So we didn't get the kind of the, the Friday uh, dramatic uh, finish, I guess. Um, I mean, as dramatic as The Archers ever gets. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we almost weirdly got the kind of final episode of the week on the first day of the week this week. which I thought was quite an interesting difference. That's right. Where did we finish last week? Um,
0: I think we had, we had, oh, that's right. The, the Archer children had gone out.
1: Oh, they have been on their night out. Yes, that's right. And Ben uh, stayed out for the night with somebody. Um, We don't know who yet.
0: That's right. And, uh, and Jill teased him, which was great.
1: (laughs) Yes. And we've still got uh, Gav and Philip sort of worrying about what's gonna happen with Blake. Blake's still in hospital and they're trying to keep him quiet, speaking to the police. Mm.
0: And we were talking about Linda and her pain that she's in, but also psychological pain that she might be in as well. Because Peggy had visited.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point that you mentioned.
0: Oh, thank you, George.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're so insightful.
0: Oh, what can I say? I have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Sunday's episode. We had a lamb start.
1: We started with a lamb. Um, I've been I've been told that we should go with lamb start rather than lamb opening. Because um, lamb opening sounds <laughs> slightly either sinister or a bit odd. Um, mm. But yes, sorry, I don't, don't know whether you need to keep that in. Yes, we had a lamb start, which was really, it was quite kind of dramatic lamb delivery, wasn't it? Josh is sort of back in the lambing scene.
0: Mm. So he was still at Brookfield, but he was, co- you know, he's been helping out on the farm. And, uh, and Joy had come over to bring back his jacket from aforementioned Night Out.
1: Absolutely brilliant. Which
0: she'd worn. She'd worn it on the way back to the car.
1: <laughs> Joy, bless her, from her Night Out, which was out with her mate.
0: Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> and, then, um, and then he's delivering, what was it? Was it Tangled Twin Lambs?
1: Yes, that, yes, that good memory. Yeah, it was Tangled Twin. So there was a, a foot from one of the lambs was trying to come out before the head of the previous lamb made it out I think something like that wasn't it um but it was something mm. that he was sort of worried about but possibly had experienced experience before it sounded like yeah and then and then Brian came along didn't he um so it sort mm. of turned almost it, it felt like it almost turned into a bit of a job interview um <laughs> for, for for Josh whether you know if he could get if he could do the delivery of the tangled twins in front of Brian then you know, there's a better chance of getting offered some work. Um, but he, he managed it, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. And it worked out well, I think, because Brian then did say there's some work available at the farm because Ian's aunt has sadly died. And so he's gone back to Ireland. So, yeah, Josh kind of nailed it there. And also, we learned a little bit more about lambing.
1: Absolutely. I love, I love the moment where Josh said to Brian, hand me the lambing ropes. <laughs> I've got no idea what lambing ropes are. That's obviously (laughs) and they kind of crop up every once in a while don't they
0: lambing ropes
1: hand me the lambing ropes (laughs) yeah
0: so that was quite a nice start actually but I found that the episode I mean if we think about that it was originally intended like you said for a Friday night yes that kind of makes sense of this episode because this episode felt mainly to be focusing about on Linda
1: yeah absolutely and 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 we had this kind of, well, firstly, um, Robert is trying to read Linda, um, some of her, you know, kind of favourite classic literature, um, which was, you know, which is really sweet. But she just kind of didn't feel in the mood for. Did you know what the novel was that he was reading?
0: I didn't when he started, only after. I don't even know which one it is. He just said it was Hardy, didn't he, at the end?
1: Yeah, I sort of like, I, de- I don't think I did really recommend recognize it but it's um Far From the Madden Crowd which I have read um but I did not <laughs> I wasn't like ah oh. I wasn't literary enough to be able to say ah oh, that's uh that's Far From Madden Crowd by Tom Hardy.
0: You did very well you did better than me that's impressive I've yeah. never been able to read Hardy um my mum used to really love it apparently but I I find it a bit daunting I've got yeah. a huge list this is going off topic but I've got a huge list of sort of modern classics to read um. But I haven't dared put Hardy on it yet because I feel, like I said, a little daunted. But um, but it says a lot that Linda couldn't concentrate and couldn't enjoy it.
1: Yes, absolutely, given that that's one of her favourite novels.
0: I mean, I know this is, again, slightly tangential, but and obviously a completely different situation. But I kind of understood that inability to focus on something you mm. enjoy when you're in a strange melee of... Of a situation like we are all in now yes yeah. I sometimes can't work out what to do and I've got time and I've got the opportunity to do whatever I want and then I can't really do anything
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's that classic thing of sort of you know if you if you need something do it and give it to somebody who's busy um because
0: yeah.
1: when you're busy I, I just feel so much more productive when I'm busy and I'm in I'm in the you know right frame of mind for getting some stuff done and you sort of feel like you can do anything. But then, yeah, when you've got nothing to do, um, it suddenly becomes more tricky to concentrate on any one Mm. thing that you need or want to do.
0: Yeah. And of course, with Linda being actually also in pain and having gone through something traumatic. I mean, it makes total sense, doesn't it? She's of course, she's going to find it difficult to focus.
1: Absolutely. And then and then and then Freddie arrives, who you sort of feel is the kind of is the only one who can understand what she's going through in a way, because they've had that shared experience. Mm. Like with last week, we said, you know, I think Freddie is exactly who Linda needs at that moment.
0: Mm. He actually gives her the outlet to express herself. Obviously, it's really difficult to hear, but actually it sounds like Freddie is the only person she's being truly honest with about her feelings. There There was a bit of a theme I felt through the whole week I just wished that people were talking to each other and being honest about how they felt a little bit more. Either I wish for Robert was talking to someone about what he's going through, or Freddie was being open about how he feels with his mum, or Linda would be more honest with Robert about how she feels. And um, I just thought, oh, if everyone could just open up and talk to each other, potentially, you know, I mean, it would be no drama, but um, it would fix—not yeah. fix the problem. It could. It could ease the pain.
1: Yeah, it could It could only help, I think. Like you said last week as well, it, She, Robert sort of thinks that Lynn is being so brave and being so strong because she is that brave, strong person normally in everyday life and she just needs to be able to be weak for a little bit.
0: Well, it broke my heart. I mean, she basically we, we discovered that the, the medal, first of all, was not gathering dust, as you thought yeah. and as we both thought. Which we knew, like, oh dear, so Freddie's not going to feel like he deserves that, and then Linda's very upset, she's very frustrated about her situation, rips off her scarf, and gives that yeah. back it's um It's really interesting that that choice actually I think by the by the writers they're so clever because I've heard it a lot in podcasts, I listened to a couple of podcasts about um people living with cancer, so um you, me and the big sea, and something I remember them sort of discussing was the frustration when they felt like a specimen or they don't have choices anymore um, and they've lost their identity. They've become a cancer patient rather than Sarah who has cancer. And um, so that I think it's really interesting that they chose this scarf that she says, it's not even mine. I have prettier scarves. I wouldn't have picked this myself. It's just thrust upon me. I thought that was really interesting. As a sort of example of what must be so frustrating. Yeah. They both hear still the sirens and the shouting and the noises. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they both, they must both be suffering from PTSD.
1: I think they must be, yeah. There's a, there's a, I mean, I I don't know whether it's kind of a, you know, sort of taking a step back and uh, talking about the acting for a moment. I I don't know whether it's an acting choice, but there's a moment where Freddie's voice just gets caught in his throat almost because he. Can't, and it's just brilliant, a brilliant little moment. Um, and just devastating what they're going through together. And I think that it must, like you say, they must be suffering from some sort of post traumatic um, stress disorder.
0: Mm. And then, oh, it broke my. Honestly, I've listened to this episode twice. Both times I was walking outside yeah, um, and I I had to sort of try and stop myself from having a little cry in public. I just felt dreadful for her and it's so heartbreaking that she says, well, she says to Freddie, I wish you'd left me there. Yeah. it's Wish she hadn't saved me.
1: Uh, yeah, what can you even... I mean, she, and, and of course she can't say that to Robert. There's no way she can... Because Robert is so... You know, when she woke up, he was so over the moon that he had his Lindy back and she was, she was still alive and she was going to fight through. There's no way she Mm -hmm. can possibly express how she's really feeling to Robert. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's only with Freddie who might understand a little bit of what she's going through um, that she can properly um, express how she's feeling.
0: Yeah. And I actually think it highlights to me how important something like um, professional therapy or counseling can be because, you can say something to the professionally trained counselor the person you pay for the time you can say something to them that you can't say to other people
1: yes absolutely and and and, and that, that that is their role to listen mm. and to yeah well just to listen i suppose to listen and not to judge and not to judge and also that it that they are trained to not let it affect them because i think what we see later in the week which will obviously come on to is is that Freddie is not trained to deal with this? Um, mm. What 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 Linda is saying to him, and we'll sort of see later in the week how that how that can affect him. Yeah. Oh, it's a difficult listen, wasn't it?
0: Gosh, it was just incredible writing.
1: Yeah, wasn't it wonderful?
0: Um, I I just think I was I've written here in my notes, didn't I? Um, I actually think it's ex- such good writing from the artist team. I think it's actually honest and realistic, even mm. though it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's much more realistically what it might be like for people
1: yeah and, and brave of them to write
0: yeah very brave of them to write and ultimately more useful to anyone else i think
1: mm. indeed so that would have been the end of the week so that would have been friday but actually was our first episode of the week um so then we're on to monday's episode which feels like the start of a new week because linda's moved out of the burns unit she's into a kind of a onto the normal ward um mm-hmm. so it feels it feels like a sort of a a step forward for her possibly but obviously we know mm. what she's been going through at the end and uh, you know in the previous episode
0: mm. and then um she rings roy doesn't she so she gets her phone and she rings roy and she wants to give blake a message she wants to say that she's forgiven him
1: yeah which is which is amazing really and to say that she's still lying there in hospital bed and feeling the way that she we know that she's now feeling and uh, the you know the physical damage that she's gone through to then want to be sending a message of forgiveness to the person that she knows was responsible is amazing you know it's such, such a wonderful yes. um comment on her character
0: it really is and then also because roy says well you know you shouldn't feel sorry for him why would you feel sorry for him and she says well because he's probably in a lot of pain don't forget that he got injured too here and i think oh yeah he did, what was it, break his back?
1: Yes, he broke his back, but he's not paralysed. That's Is that, that what, what it was? I can't remember.
0: They think he won't be long-term paralysed, right. okay. that's right.
1: Yeah, I mean, thinking of what, what might happen, I got thinking, okay, so if Roy's going to go in for a chat with Blake, I don't know, is anything going to come out in that conversation? Mm. I don't know, a little prediction siren, but we'll see. We'll have to see yeah. about
0: that. Prediction Siren, definitely, because I was, I was listening to it for the second time round and it took me a moment to realise, oh, so somebody's going to go and visit Blake who yep. isn't Philip or Gavin, yep. which is our moment for maybe some information to be um, more widely available. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah. And if it is, then that's great, because that means that Roy will have to be on the case. Lovely Roy. Oh, uh, lovely yeah, Roy. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's re- that was really lovely from Linda. And then Ben and Josh try and go and visit Linda as well.
0: Oh, and they're adorable, aren't they?
1: Really sweet. Really lovely. They're trying to, they've got some photos of, because they been looking after Monty, is that right? Yeah. So good of them. Looking after the dog and taking some photos to go and show her. And um yeah, really, really sweet. These sort of, you know, good lads at heart.
0: Mm. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it's quite like, um it's, uh, once again, the archers has probably inadvertently, inadvertently reflected some of what's happening in, in real life at the moment, because there's a lot of community spirit. There are some people who can't go out and walk their dogs, so their neighbours are taking those dogs for a walk for them, um, due to the coronavirus crisis, and of course it's happening here. You know, these two boys are taking out a vulnerable older woman's dog for her. Yeah. I thought it was quite funny that they didn't—they couldn't have known this at the time when they were writing, but it, it works kind of perfectly.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's spot on, isn't it? Mm. But unfortunately, Robert sort of well. He politely tells a little white line, sort of sends it away because he knows that Linda's not feeling up to visitors at the moment.
0: Mm. What I found interesting was that Linda says, I don't care, you don't need to give them an excuse. Yes. I'm happy to say I don't want visitors. But mm. Robert obviously finds that quite difficult. It's quite British, isn't it? We want we don't like to just say, No, I just I don't want any of you to come go away. We don't like to say that, so we come up with a reason
1: yeah absolutely and, and and I think you're right that in i don't know in real life you do that, don't you you sort of it almost doesn't feel a valid enough excuse to just say actually I'm not you know not feeling up to coming out tonight or going for dinner or going for drinks I'm ju- i I'd just mm. rather have a little bit of time to myself and and we should i think generally we should all feel a bit more capable of i saying that you don't need to kind of make up an excuse or sort of yeah. if, if, you're, if you're for whatever reason, you're not feeling up to it.
0: And particularly considering what what uh, Linda's been through as well. So you're right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With what she's gone through, it's uh, yeah, it's completely understandable.
0: Um, but then we go move on to quite a lighter end to this episode. So this <laughs> would have been this would have been Sunday's episode. And uh well, first of all, we, we've got confirmation in this episode that Josh won't be charged for the st- stolen goods stuff yes which is great
1: which is good yeah absolutely
0: I I did I do believe Josh I don't well you 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 still your sus- suspicious yeah. George aren't
1: you <laughs> odd cynic uh,
0: but I think I think that's fair
1: no no I'm I, I'm glad that he, he's not being charged yeah and like he said you know he's gonna if you get if and when he gets back into it he's gonna be really careful with all his paperwork and all that sort of stuff so he's, he's obviously mm. hopefully learned a lesson um mm. But they're on their way out of the hospital, and who do they bump into? But <gasps> Chloe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's twenty-five, George. I know, twenty-five,
1: and Ben is eighteen.
0: Eighteen,
1: which is you know, I don't really know what I don't really know what to comment on that. It's uh...
0: well, yes, I don't want to be judgmental at all, because I suppose it's just funny, isn't it? When you get older, if you were to say, so what is that? Um, uh, a seven-year age difference. Mm. If you were to say, sort of. 32 and 39, maybe. You wouldn't necessarily think much of it.
1: No, no, absolutely. As as you get older, that sort of makes less of a difference.
0: But I remember when I was 25, I think 18 would have meant a lot to me then. So I'm not judging anyone now, but I would have judged myself then, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and, and ultimately they were both just kind of on a night out and they were both uh now consenting adults and that you know that's yeah you know that that's fine mm. but it, it was yeah like you say 18 yeah when we were 25 looking at 18 felt quite young
0: <laughs> yeah it did and also the difference between being a working adult and someone who's still at college but I loved it I loved Josh was so sneaky with his little asides. what was he saying oh don't recognize each other with clothes on <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's not the most subtle, is he? Bless him.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's such an annoying big brother, but he's such a great character.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really lovely, really winding him up. You can imagine the conversation in the car on the way home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I found her a little brutal.
1: Oh, it was a bit harsh, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) I thought that was a bit cruel. Get in touch when you've had more practice.
1: Yeah, it's sort of, it's quite sweet, really. I don't know. Bless him.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, i not that it, it's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you know, to say it in front of his brother. Year old. <laughs> mm. I
1: don't, not wanting to open up too much about that, but uh,
0: no, we're a very um, yeah. we're a radio four friendly podcast, so PG PG.
1: She was kind of getting on Josh's side to a certain extent. Um instead mm. of just, you know, ribbing uh, ribbing Ben. Um <laughs> which was just very funny.
0: It was an amusing episode. He was also hilariously proud of his car. Oh yeah, I just drove here in my car that I drove. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: So uh we'll move on to Tuesday's episode.
1: And I quite like we're sort of we're back to a kind of a a proper Ambridge scene here in the village shop. Mm. Organ- talking about organising an easter festival love it brilliant
0: yeah it was nice wasn't it we've had such an upheaval recently that just to get back to the shop get back to people talking about an easter bonnet competition oh, i suppose that doesn't happen quite in this episode but or at least at the beginning but it was so um it was so nice and then you got pip coming in for nappies yeah. i just missed susan carter obviously yes i'm missing her a lot
1: yeah and sort of mentioning about her um is it? is it bishop Bishop Advisory
0: Board? Is it or? Mm, but it sounds like a weekend away. Yeah, I was like, ooh. <laughs> but that's all building up for her, so maybe we'll hear more about that in the coming episodes.
1: Yes, I'm sort of looking forward to seeing. That's I mean, what's been going on for a little while, hasn't it? Um, and she mm. she said that it was going to take a while um, to go through all of that. They talk about the way that the village has has pulled together since the sort of since the incident at Grey Gables and um, and how everyone's. Yeah, pulling together and supporting each other, which is really lovely.
0: Mm. And accidentally perfectly apt for this time, again, because we're seeing that a lot at the moment. Lots of communities pulling together in this really difficult time. Yeah. Um, And it also kind of pushed me to think about what more I might be able to do at this time. So checking in on my neighbours or signing up to be one of those NHS volunteers. Just need to work out how that works. Yeah, maybe maybe these Archer's episodes will help to encourage others to be community-minded. I'm sure everybody is already. But...
1: I'm sure everyone's already organising their bonnet festivals, bonnet-making <laughs> competitions as we speak, I'm sure.
0: As we speak. <laughs> George, I have to say, you were absolutely accurate last week when you described Justin. You had it spot on. Well... You just—you're a very clever man, George. Um, <laughs> but you know, I laugh like that's not true. It is true. He's very clever, <laughs> guys. Um, he's a mathematician as well as an actor. He has a degree.
1: <laughs> oh God, this is—you uh, can't—you can't see me blushing via the via uh, <laughs> the medium of uh, an audio recording.
0: <laughs> but you did. You had it spot on because. Um, you can just tell in this scene with Justin and Phoebe, and then when he speaks to Gavin, you know, oh, he's doing the right thing, letting Phoebe know about a good investment opportunity or allowing Gavin to keep the work for BL. But both of them have conditions and he does them slightly differently with Gavin. It's really up front. I've got these conditions. It's going to cost me less. You're going to do it more quickly and you're going to be really fastidious about checking things and then with phoebe it's a little bit more like oh yes yes a visitor's center in time but before that um you could get money from an office space oh i don't know if we have enough money well i could uh i could help you with that absolutely
1: yeah he's just uh, and you're right actually the way that those two things juxtaposed in the episode is is really interesting because you do yes you see the kind of the the slightly Sly underhand. Might be cruel adjectives, but um ways of dealing with that. And then, like you said, more upfront with Gavin. Um mm. but yes, I was just sort of I think I was listening to it thinking, Phoebe, please, please talk to your team before you say anything, um, because of what happened last time.
0: Learn from your mistakes. Okay, you you need to talk to them properly. But then oh yeah, it drove me a little bit crazy because is it in this episode where she does talk to Pip? And yes. She talks to Pip, doesn't she? She's, oh, she's already spoken to Rex, which you can hear the irritation in Pip's voice. Yeah. Um, And she basically parrots what Justin has said. I thought, oh no, Phoebe, learn, you know, start afresh, talk to your partners from a kind of unbiased point of view. But you can, you can hear how she's influenced by the likes of Justin.
1: Yes, absolutely. You, you sort of you know, possibly views him as a success you know, a successful man and therefore mm. kind of wants to emulate him in a certain
0: to a certain extent. Um and, and the thing is, it's not that it doesn't work. I mean, it depends where we all sit sort of politically, and I'm not gonna go into that kind of thing really, but there is an argument to be made that that Justin has it right, that if if you are clever and make money in the right places you can use that money to assist the project that you really care about but it's a it's not quite in the spirit of rewilding and it doesn't sound like that's why he's suggesting it it sounds like he's going to get something out of this
1: yes absolutely yeah i quite like the way that um as well here uh, rex is described as basically just he'll sit on the fence about anything um because he's so (laughs) lovely but possibly not the most decisive in the world
0: oh you know rex (laughs) it's hard to get him down off the fence it was so funny wasn't it particularly thinking about what we discussed last week oh poor rex poor rex and there he is sat on the fence again he'll do what he's told
1: (laughs) absolutely
0: (laughs) i did get a bit worried for blake in this episode because justin says oh you know if he'd been my employee he'd be in a world of pain and gavin agrees
1: yes and you don't really know what that to justin elliott a world of pain probably means you know getting fired and or you know financially i don't know some 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 sort of machinations behind the scenes but with gav's relationship with blake you feel like that you know that could be literal.
0: Gosh, oh no, George, really?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I
0: don't know. But how... Well, we don't know Gavin, do we?
1: I, that's what I feel, is that we don't know Gavin very well. I just, I do, I'm not, I don't warm to Gavin. I don't know I ever have done. Mm. I don't know.
0: It didn't help, did it, a couple of weeks ago when he was sat in the living room in his pants just playing computer games. That was kind of it for me, really.
1: Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a clear sign that someone's a wrong um... and <laughs>
1: So, yeah, in this episode, we had Kirsty talking to Gav and she talked about the fact she had something weighing on her mind. And as she was explaining what it was to Gav, there was just a slight pause where I thought, oh, is she, has she found some paperwork that's a bit dodgy and that's been weighing on her mind? But no, actually, it was the wedding that she was worried about.
0: Oh, God, that would have been exciting, wouldn't it? But you're right. It was just about whether she should postpone the wedding. Yeah. And Gavin urges her not to postpone the wedding. Yeah. He says that his dad desperately needs it. But I don't know. I mean, I think if it... Maybe it's just because I know something that Kirsty doesn't know. Maybe that's what's affecting my decision. My thoughts, sorry. But I don't know if it is appropriate to get married Mm. right now. I think I am being influenced by what I know. Yeah, I don't... I mean,
1: obviously, we know that it's not appropriate because uh, Philip is lying to Kirsty. But also, (laughs) from Gavin philip's point of view do they want to be having a wedding whilst they've got one of their in inverted commas workmen um in the hospital possibly talking to police and or roy Mm. um (laughs) uh, yeah
0: oh my goodness that's what makes it even more interesting that it'll be roy going in to see blake isn't it because he's
1: the best man
0: oh yes he's their both best man he's their joint best man oh it's good it's juicy
1: Nicely done. We see where you're going, possibly. <laughs> oh,
0: we've got you. Very good. Um, so we'll move on to Wednesday's episode.
1: And yeah, we, we've sort of got the continuation of uh, Adam just being exhausted.
0: <laughs> I lost it in this episode, right? Maybe this is a phrase that other people know about and I'm just ill educated. But <laughs> have you ever heard the expression, you won't know if it's snowing or Belgium? I. Have not no. <laughs>
1: um, I I don't <laughs> I don't think it stuck out for me in the episode. I don't know. I just, did you
0: not hear it? I don't know.
1: I, I don't know why. <laughs> but I I've always just been I don't know. I've been trying to work out how that works.
0: It's just Brian. He goes. He's like, um, you know, if you carry on like this, you soon you won't know whether it's snowing or Belgium. And I just thought, when was that a phrase? <laughs> I'm
1: not going to Google it. I'm going to wait till somebody gets in touch and tells us what that's about.
0: (laughs) Yes, please, somebody. Adam's been caught dozing, hence Snow Angle Belgium. And uh, Brian's keen to use Josh a lot more. And I found it quite interesting because he says, you know, just because he made one mistake, should he be punished uh, for the rest of his life? And I thought, who are you talking about, Brian? Are you talking about yourself? Or are you talking about Josh? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's lovely, the parallels there, definitely.
0: Yeah. And then uh, and then we also find out that Xander's birth certificates come through. So that's nice.
1: Yeah, which is really lovely. It's very sweet. Oh, good old Xander.
0: <laughs> but moving on to your absolute favourite thing, George, the Easter bonnet competition. Easter bonnet Thrilling. competition.
1: I mean, what a brilliant idea. So <laughs> it's Fallon's idea, isn't it? Because they're basically worried about, are children of today going to be interested in an Easter bonnet competition um when they've got their their kind of the newfangled tablets and gadgets and things. Mm. Um, and I think the, the general opinion is they might not uh, not might not be interested in walking around uh, wearing bonnets. So then Fallon comes up with a brilliant idea of switching it round and having the adults mm. wearing the bonnets and the children being the judges, which I love.
0: <laughs> I really love that and also cannot wait for that episode.
1: <laughs> and I hope they do some sort of photo shoots that they can release and... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm really excited about that.
1: I'm, shall we get? In, shall we make our own bonnets when that episode happens? <gasps> we'll get involved.
0: Oh my gosh! You, me, and our handful of listeners.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Any listeners that want to get involved in the bonnet making competition, get involved. I think I'll have to Google how to make a bonnet. It's a it's a skill that's been lost in the mists of time. <laughs> At least for me, anyway.
0: I um I didn't really know about an Easter bonnet competition as a thing until a couple of years ago. I was in um, I was in New York, and (laughs) there was a. (laughs) I sound like such a uh, an idiot. Um,
1: No, don't (laughs) worry. New York,
0: (laughs) and there was a Broadway-wide Easter bonnet competition. So the different shows would. Make their own Easter bonnets, and they'd make them themed for their shows, so waitress had an Easter bonnet with loads of pies, or it was a giant pie um, and there were loads of different ones that were really fascinating, and because I'd never seen a competition like that before, but actually, what they were doing they had like mechanics coming out of these bonnets and things popping up or or like moving around. It was incredible. Like, I
1: guess, because the bonus of that is, that if you're working in the theatre, you've got a whole wonderful stage management team that can mm-hmm. <laughs> make whatever you want and do magic little theatrical tricks.
0: Yeah, stage management, wardrobe, costume, and then the actors would come on and they would like do a parade, where they would have like some choreography, um, to best show off their bonnet. It was amazing. That's fantastic. <laughs> we we didn't make one. We just did a little piece of in- entertainment where um. Uh, we sang to the tune of Modern Major General. You know, yeah. I am a na 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 We listed all the shows that were involved <laughs> in the uh, competition. Oh,
1: so you have experience. I feel like you're a step ahead in terms of bonnet make our bonnet making competition um, that you've actually seen one.
0: George, we have to do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Done. Decided.
0: Everyone, you're all welcome to join in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I re- I don't know whether it was in this little scene or the scene afterwards, but there's, Emma starts talking about Ed. And I don't know about you, but I could hear the smile on her face when she was talking about Ed. Something about the fact that, cause it was talking about the fact that he'd been around, um, he'd popped around for dinner, hadn't he? And the, the kids, had, you know, really loved it. And she was a bit sorry because, you know, he had to leave. But I could just hear yes. the smile on her face. It was really lovely.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was in that in that episode, mm. and it was quite exciting. And it sort of um, reminds me as well because she was she was getting annoyed with Jill Archer because Jill had said that Josh had been hired by Home Farm, and you could tell she was irritated because they'd sacked Ed, um, even though Ed absolutely knew what he was doing, yeah, <laughs> and was definitely involved in nefarious projects, whereas Josh seemingly um it was accidental and unknowing but i sort of saw it as a moment that maybe you know emma is even more w- warm to ed and mm. understanding where he was coming from and sympathizing with him so maybe yeah. uh maybe I'll, they'll get back together
1: yeah absolutely oh fingers crossed fingers crossed oh,
0: God, <laughs> it's so um also, we hear from Elizabeth in this episode, yeah. which I love. I think she has one of the most caramelly voices.
1: <laughs> it's just so lovely, isn't it?
0: It's crystal clear. It's warm. Oh,
1: fabulous. Fabulous. It's lovely. <laughs>
0: um, and so she she's suggesting counselling actually to Freddie, isn't she? And I do hope he takes it.
1: Well, because that, I mean, I think... I can't think whether it's in the last year, but one of my favourite episodes from the last year or two was that Elizabeth counselling session. Um, do you remember? Yeah, which yeah. it's just so moving. I listened to it. I mean, because obviously, with you know, when you're listening back on to the podcast of the Archers, you just listen to it when you're out and about, as you were saying earlier, and you can just find yourself. So I found myself on a train platform listening to Elizabeth's counselling session and sort of. Having to wait for one train to go past because I just had to, I just had to concentrate on listening to it because it was just so beautiful. And so she's obviously seen what counselling can do, and that's helped her through um, what she was going through, Um, and and is able now to recommend it for Freddie.
0: Mm, Yeah, and I really hope he takes it because he needs to be able to speak to somebody and not feel like he's burdening them. You know, I think that's one of the reasons he doesn't want to talk to his mum, maybe because he doesn't want either for her to fuss, because she's she's a bit of a fusser, but also because he cares about her and he doesn't want to burden her or bring her down or make her worry, which is completely fair and understandable. So that's why having someone who you pay, it's their job to yeah. listen. You don't need to feel bad. Um, and you can be honest and get help and hopefully feel better. Because at the moment he's not speaking, he's he's sort of protecting Linda's privacy and he's not yeah. talking to his mum.
1: Yeah, I think it, it's just something that I think that the arts are doing really well. And, you know, and if Freddie does take it, which I hope he does, um, it just helps normalise it, doesn't it? And it makes it, mm. you know, it makes it a thing that, you know, anyone and everyone should uh, or can do at any point. And, you know, and hopefully it will be helpful.
0: Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people I speak to say, well, I've not been in, been through something bad enough to warrant going to counselling. and Obviously, objectively, we can see that Freddie absolutely has been through something really difficult, but he perceives that what he's been through isn't as hard as somebody else's. So it's the same thing. People think, well, I don't deserve the counselling. I shouldn't yeah. go. I've not got that big a problem. But actually, it's all relative. If the worst thing that has ever happened to you is that you your hamster died, then it's still 100% the worst thing that ever happened to you. And you are totally within your rights to go and speak to someone about that and get help through it. And who's to say that what you've been through isn't that bad. You don't know it. I think everybody should feel that they deserve it and they're worth spending that time on themselves. Because it also, it can just make the rest of your life a little bit easier. Mm. Yeah, it gives yourself. It gives you tools to to manage difficult things when they come up, because difficult things will continue to come up for the rest of our lives. Anyway, I'm pro yeah. counselling and therapy, guys. <laughs>
1: wise words. Wise, wise oh, words. Thank you. Okay, and then we um, came onto Thursday's episode.
0: Yes, I loved this episode. Wasn't
1: this brilliant? Wasn't it fantastic?
0: Yeah. Kate visits Linda,
1: which is fantastic, isn't it? It's just yeah. a brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Just brilliant. <laughs> I, a <laughs> word there. I sound a little bit like, uh, again, another Radio 4 programme. Uh, cabin pressure. I sound a bit like Arthur Shappie. Uh Brilliant. It, <laughs> he just thinks everything is brilliant. Every, everyone is brilliant. Aww. Everything is brilliant. Anyway, sorry. But this is brilliant.
0: This is brilliant. And because I forget, you know, those, ca- those character combinations that aren't necessarily um, obvious to us. Um, but there are friendships within Ambridge that you might not expect or you might not know about. And I remember learning, you know, during my journey with the Archers that, that Linda and Kate were allies. They like each other. They get on with each other. Linda has a lot of respect for Kate, which, to be honest, not a lot of other characters do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Linda, you know, she says, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you, Kate. And they really get on. Um so it was nice to put them together. Absolutely. It's really lovely. And I because there wasn't a scene in which I,
1: I don't know it feels very instinctive from Kate that this is exactly what Linda needs. She's not been told that Linda's feeling down about, you know, the way that she looks now or 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 or, or needing to feel more of an adult and a bit more normality in her life. Um, But Mm. she just instinctively seems to know that this is exactly what Linda needs.
0: I thought that was lovely. Sometimes there are just friends in your life who totally get it, don't they?
1: Who are just there with a, you know, a bottle of nail varnish when you most need Mm. it.
0: George, I'll come to you with a bottle of nail varnish whenever you need it, mate.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) I really appreciate that. There was a... I did a a play once where... uh, I had to wear nail varnish. It was a lovely red nail varnish. Very bright. And, yeah, and bright, at first I, I wiped it off after every performance. Oh, George. It was just too much work. So, yeah, I just I wore it around town. It was great. I've got some lovely kind of little looks on the tube and sorts of little nods of respect. It was nice. It was great.
0: Yeah, you wear that, mate. Would recommend. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that annoys me about nail varnish is when it chips. I get so stressed out. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, so going back to the episode, Kate <laughs> really gets it, brings Nail Varnish, and they have a good chat. Um, yeah. And I, it, it made me think of this thing, I was I was in the bath, and um, you know in your life, there are people in your world that you don't like, or you don't respect, you don't think they're very nice, hmm. and then you find it really confusing that somebody else, maybe someone else you like, really likes them, or they really get on with each other, and you think... Hold on a minute, you know, I don't like them that much, but of course it, it it's sort of like you know you're just because you think one thing doesn't mean it's true firstly but also be, that people have their own friends and they have different connections with different people absolutely
1: I mean the, the, I guess the there is so much to our personalities there's so many different areas and levels of our personality that you know you know 50% of your person sorry going into a bit of maths here now uh, 50% of your personality can match up with somebody else who you can be perfectly good friends with um and then the other 50% can match up with somebody completely different and those two people might mm. have no percentages that match up and therefore there's no reason that you get on um but you know you are the common link between them um yeah yeah good point I and like here that. we
0: see we see Kate a complicated characters that that many people don't respect or like. And then she shows exactly the reasons, the the percentages that match up with Linda.
1: Yeah, so thoughtful and That's just, lovely. you know, in touch with what, what, what she needs.
0: She's even patient with Robert. She forgives him quite quickly. Yes, and I can,
1: I sort of, I understand Robert's um, sort of, essentially it's anger, really. I was going to use a softer word like, frustration or something but he's really angry and um, it's the most angry mm. I've ever heard Robert um and he's under so much strain at the moment and like we said earlier he's he's got a lot to go through as well as uh Freddy and Linda um so I can sort of understand why he he sort of loses it uh, to a certain mm. extent but but Kate is so kind of just calm and just okay that's fine i'm going to go i'm going to take myself out of this um
0: i know where you're coming from i know where you're coming from and i i get that you're going through a lot so I'm just gonna
1: absolutely not take
0: it personally and step out
1: yes not only is she in you know in in touch with what uh Linda needs but she's also in touch with what Robert needs as well um Mm. it's definitely it's definitely a moment that's the best of Kate
0: Mm. and I think it's interesting Robert's reaction I I totally understand it I really relate to it and I think what Robert's trying to do at the moment is control things he can't control Yes. He's trying to make sure that Linda has, that Linda is happy, that Linda has everything she needs, that Linda is safe. Yeah. But he can't make Linda happy. All he can do is do his best to make the environment around her happy. But he, the frustration mm. one can feel when you lose control, mm. it, it can cause a lot of anger. You know, you're trying to control Linda's health, Linda's happiness it's just impossible he's never going to be able to do that so that's why when when something comes along that really threatens this perceived control that he has over the mm. situation you know you react in a really angry stressed out way
1: yeah and then and then and then yeah and then we go we go over to uh Freddie and Johnny so Freddie Johnny's been trying to get Freddie to get sort of I don't know whether Elizabeth has spoken to him. I get the feeling he's not. But he's Johnny has obviously sensed that Freddie is, is not himself and is just trying to get mm. him to, to talk and he gives him a ring. Um, it's, it, and it's and I really like Johnny. I like Johnny. You've got a lot of time for Johnny. And he's being, just being a really good friend at this point. Um, he is being that person who says, let's talk. Let's talk. Mm. that That can be so important at a time like this in somebody's life. Um, and Freddie's obviously really been affected by all of this. Um, so, yes, we, we, we find ourselves at the bull with Freddie and Johnny.
0: We do. We do. And sadly, because I think you're absolutely right. I think Johnny's doing the right thing. He's giving Freddie the opportunity to talk. But Freddie's just not in that place. And mm. um, so they fall out a little bit. He's still finding that conversation with Linda troubling, evidently. Yeah. And, and again, he can't accept being called a hero. Yes. Um, by Fallon, I think, which I thought was quite mm. interesting because I remember Fallon being particularly um, angry and upset with Freddie after the revelation of the drug dealing because of its involvement with Harrison and yes. some people were turning on Harrison. And so she was not a fan of Freddie. But here she's made an effort to, to say, here you are, hero, and be nice to him. But Freddie can't take that. He doesn't think he deserves it when Linda's in so much pain. Um, and then, And then poor Fallon because... Johnny yes. feels stupid for upsetting Freddie, and then Fallon comes over to try and be nice to Johnny and Johnny's just as short with Fallon because she mentions his cap, yeah, Fallon couldn't do anything right that day <laughs>
1: <laughs> we it's, it's 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 another odd one because we obviously can't see it, but he's obviously anytime we listen to Johnny he's always wearing this hat um because uh, because he you know because he's so worried about his hair um mm. and uh yeah, that's just not the right thing to say to John at that point. So then Johnny leaves as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, poor Fallon. Just can't get anything quite right there.
0: And then the episode or the week ends with, um, with Freddie returning the medal.
1: Yeah, which...
0: Which is really sad.
1: It is just really sad, isn't it? It's, um yeah, because he just doesn't feel like he's earned it. He also now knows how important it is to Robert. It's not just been sitting in the cupboard gathering
0: dust. Mm. Um. And then Linda's not actually that happy with her situation. But I think um I think it's really interesting, isn't it? We talked about it last week, but it must be so difficult to feel pride in an action mm. when when other people are so unhappy or in so much pain.
1: Yeah. And now he knows how unhappy and in pain Linda is. It's yes, it makes sense. he he, he he's not the hero because He's given her ultimately something that she has now said to him she doesn't want. She 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 yeah. he should have left her there, which is which is a really difficult thing to be dealing with.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. Indeed,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're interested to see uh, see what I was well. Yeah, hopefully next week we'll get Roy going visiting Blake. I expect because he said he was a bit busy this week, so try and get around next week. So that's going to be interesting. Yes.
0: Um, We've got a few other things to bring up. So I actually meant to say it last week, but we I forgot, was that um, somebody did respond to us about why a wet autumn is bad. Ah, did they? Yeah, so Chris Thompson replied. He did say he wasn't entirely sure, but he's pretty sure that um, it's because the crops either rot or they don't grow well, which ah. I think is really interesting. And yeah. he also mentioned that he learnt about sepsis from the Nick storyline.
1: Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, yes. Oh, dear. That was such... That was... Horribly sad, but carry on. Horribly <laughs> sad,
0: but it was horribly sad, but it was so useful and educational. I actually already knew about sepsis, um, because one of my cousins, um, my dear cousin and her first baby really battled it, um, sepsis, they both got it when he was born. Really? It was really, really scary. Yeah, thankfully, they're both well recovered and they've got, yeah, um, George, his name is George, and he has a little sister, Excellent. um, and they're all. Gorgeous, everybody in that family is just gorgeous. Um, but it was really interesting to hear the sepsis storyline then on the archers because yeah. I'd never heard of it until my cousin had got it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, and I think it's really important that people read up on it.
1: Um, yeah, it's something that you don't necessarily, um, if you don't see it in the media, you're not really aware of it. And you know, again, archers bringing it to the fore. Um, hopefully, people will be more aware of it. And, and uh, yeah,
0: the archers could save lives.
1: Absolutely. Quite right, too. The archers could save lives.
0: We've also had a comment that we're not really drinking tea when we do this.
1: Which is so, I mean, uh, what an unfounded claim. Uh,
0: <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous. We are definitely drinking tea.
1: And we now understand why the archers, when they are in the tea room having a cup of tea, do have lots of sounds of, you know, uh, I don't know whether you can... Here we go. There's my there's my tea, <laughs> tea mug. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go but that you yeah, we understand why the archers now put it in because otherwise you don't you know don't believe that they're actually br- drinking tea but we are drinking tea I
0: suppose we are it's just that I have um quite an intense issue with eating noises and slurping noises so I was already quite strict with George at the beginning of this <laughs> that we weren't to make slurping noises and it's probably my only problem with the archers although I understand why it's there because otherwise we wouldn't be able to create a mental picture but eating noises when they're when they're having dinner, I I go Oof. insane. Mm. Oh, I find it really difficult. <laughs> um, we also had so our silent friend who we mentioned last week, um, gave us some more information. He told us about the actor who plays Philip Moss.
1: Yes, because I think we talked, we spoke about him last week and his performance. And did he know about being, you know, there being a kind of a bad side to Philip before he started this kind of long storyline? Um, so yeah, it was really interesting, kind of hearing that actually. He's been in the arts before, the actor.
0: He really has. And he has played two police officers, a debt collector, an RSPCA inspector, and he even supplied the panting sound for Jack Woolley's dog, Captain, once.
1: Wow. That is such a breadth of roles to have on your CV.
0: (laughs) It's crazy. He's evidently a very talented man. This is Andy Hockley. He's also Mm. um, very often on the West End, it seems, long-time cast member of Wicked. I think I might have even seen him. Um, he was Mister, the voice of Mr. Jolly in Play Days.
1: Really? Blimey. Yeah.
0: And also, one of my favourite films, one of my bizarre favourite films, is uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, yeah. I mean, it's obviously a dreadful film. It's br- brilliantly 90s and offens- <laughs> offensive and or, and the Robin Hood is American, but I love that film. And he plays Ox, who is one of the, I think, one of the Band of Merry Men.
1: Wow. Okay. And can you picture who, which one it is? It's I think thing. I can. I looked yeah. him up
0: and I think it's the one, he has like a couple of cool lines. He his, um. Wow. So it's just another excuse to watch Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves again basically absolutely. and what a perfect time to be doing that and there we go that
1: is the week's roundup of archers with a cup of tea
0: yeah thanks <laughs> um everyone for tuning in we love hearing all your comments and um messages yeah
1: it's really lovely to hear from you
0: so do do get in touch and uh we'll see you next week or hear you next week we will
1: absolutely <laughs> see you next week and and look after yourselves and uh yeah look forward to see you next week
0: take care bye bye